I am Brayden. And my name is Ben Scudder. Today we're going to be talking about the moral and ethical issues concerning pharmacogenetics and genetic engineering and how these relate to the book Frankenstein. So to start us off today, we're just going to do a quick trivia question for all our listeners. And the trivia question is, what do you think was the first animal to be genetically modified? Do you think it was A, a sheep, B, a cat, C, a cow, or D, a mouse? Think about it for a second. Well, if you said D, a mouse, you are correct. A mouse was the first genetically modified animal. To start us off, we're just going to begin by kind of defining the difference between pharmacogenetics and genetic engineering. Um, To start, pharmacogenetics is the study of how genetics affect our drug response and the the efficiency of drugs used for treatments. It's primarily used for determining cancer treatment and not a lot of clinical, um, there's not a lot of clinical use at the moment as research is still going on. but it's mainly uh, used in modern day times to help treat cancer and figure out um, drug responses uh, given each person's genetics. Genetic engineering is the changing of the genes of an organism to change the organism's character. It's oftentimes used in agriculture and crops and animals to increase their food production. And it's also being used and research to discover the purpose of certain genes and it's a there's some research ongoing and using it to produce hormones such as for treatment in humans with diabetes and both both of these topics involve the knowledge of an organism's genetics for medicine genetic engineering can be used to discover the purpose of genes which could be later then used in pharmacogenetics. That's great, Brayden. Uh, some of the ethical moral issues that we see in pharmacogenetics um, is genetic discrimination and the use of genetic information in pharmacogenetic research. Also, there's legislation passed to prevent its occurrence. And another issue is informed consent or a lack of standardization for dealing with disclosure of the use of this genetic information. Some of the background on this um, and why it's important, we use drugs to treat diseases that are um, genetically inherited, and using this genetic information to determine the safety and efficiency of drugs in certain individuals, everybody's different. So designing a drug drug regimen based on a patient's metabolic enzyme activity. Um, One of the acts that was passed to kind of fight this genetic discrimination was the Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act of 2008. Um, This was passed by Congress to prevent Americans from genetic discrimination. This law has important components that healthcare professionals and patients should know about as pharmacogenetics move closer to widespread implementation. GINA focuses on preventing discrimination in context of health health insurance and employment. Its major provisions include making it illegal to require the purchase of genetic tests, prohibiting insurance companies from using genetic information to adjust premiums, deny coverage or impose restrictions that relate to pre-existing conditions, and barring companies with 15 employees or more from requiring or using genetic information. Lastly, there's been a very limited clinical use of pharmacogenetics. 
and it is very promising for cancer patient patients but there are a lot of things to consider there are a lot of barriers in the use of pharmacogenetics right now including the need for appropriate testing for biomarkers appropriate use by physicians and legal barriers that's great and that really gives us a lot to think about i'm going to go into the ethical issues surrounding genetic engineering and one of the main ones is the possibility for pain and suffering for animals used in research on genetic engineering and also genetically modified crops and animals out into nature and ecosystems have a very detrimental effect and alter food chains you also can't reverse genetic modifications once uh, an animal or species has been born that's definitely something to think about as well. And one law that's been put in place to help sort of guide genetic engineering as a solution to some of these moral and ethical issues is the Animal Welfare Act, which is a law requiring researchers to care for animals and research and try to limit their pain and suffering as much as possible. Another couple of laws we thought about that could possibly be implemented are one restricting the release of genetically engineered organisms back into nature and ecosystems and a law restricting genetic engineering in humans to prevent any changes that would pr prove advantageous over the general population and if you've seen the movie Gattaca it sort of explores this where there's a society where people are favored based on their genetic traits and there's genetic discrimination going on that's awesome Braden. um so now that we've kind of talked about the moral and ethical uh issues and dilemmas of these two topics um i'm going to take a look into some of our proposed solutions um to the issues given pharmacogenetics um, policymakers and regulators will need to think carefully about the ethical, legal, and social issues that, uh, raises, that it raises and its implications for public policy and safety. Edu I think that education is essential when exercising your rights regarding genetic information and being aware that its use in clinical practice prevents the, pro the potential for genetic discrimination. And these laws put in place, such as the... Um, such as the Non-Discrimination Act of 2008, the Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act of 2008, um, need to be put in place and followed to prevent and protect genetic rights. So what do you think, Brady? Yeah, I definitely think there should be laws put in place to help prevent, protect people's genetic rights and make sure their genetic information isn't used to discriminate against them. And now we're gonna connect these issues to issues presented in Frankenstein. So in Frankenstein, the monster created sort of isn't really human, it's sewed together. So it goes into this question of what if science goes too far and are there certain like scientific roads we shouldn't go down? What do you think, Ben? Yeah, I think that raises a really interesting question because um, the author of this book, Frankenstein Shelley, could have been warning us about the consequences of tinkering um, with life like Frankenstein, um, uh, Dr. Frankenstein made, made this monster. 
And we are saying, we we're thinking that a modern day Victor, which is Dr. Frankenstein, would most likely be a synthetic bio- biologist in today's society. Yeah, I definitely think any sort of science like this where you're creating new organisms, which goes along with genetic engineering, sort of, would definitely have to go under a lot of consideration by scientists and the public. I don't think anything like Frankenstein should be done in science, not without careful consideration, at least. I agree as well. Um, I also think it's very interesting how when people talk about GMOs, they also consider them as Frankenfoods, which is a direct correlation to the book Frankenstein. Um, To kind of wrap it up, um, I think it's interesting in the manner how Victor kind of ran away from his problems and how that could relate to how scientists and non-scientists alike run away from the responsibilities that science and technology demand. What are your final thoughts, Braden? Yeah, I think these sort of genetic engineering and and Frankenstein, that sort of creation of a new organ, definitely have a lot of. Like be responsible for the if they're gonna make them and be responsible for the consequences of it. That is that is great. Thank you guys for listening in today's podcast podcast and stay tuned for next week as we will talk about more moral and ethical dilemmas in today's society. Thank you all. Have a nice day.